to the little letter of third John. I was interested to find out today that our word influenza comes from the word influence. They're, they have the same same uh, background as far as their um, origin. And I think that's significant. If you think about Influenza is something that spreads, is contagious. That's true about our influence also. Uh, and that can be for good or for ill. And that comes out in this little epistle that we're going to read this evening. I think one of the things that John was concerned about was the influence uh, that certain people had in this church that he was writing to. Actually, he wasn't writing to a church. He was writing to an individual in the church. Uh, but he was writing about a church situation, and some of that situation was not good. Some of it was. That would be the good influence. Some of it was bad, and uh, he didn't want that bad influence to spread. So um, let's go ahead and read this uh, entire letter. The elder to, be, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. For I was very glad when brethren came and bore witness to your truth, that is, how you're walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this, to hear of my children walking in truth in the truth. Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren, and especially when they are strangers, and they bear witness to your love before the church, and you will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. <clears throat> for they went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support such men that we may be fellow workers with the truth. I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first among them, does not accept what we say. For this reason, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does, unjustly accusing us with wicked words. And not satisfied with this, neither does he himself receive the brethren, and he forbids those who desire to do so and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God. The one who does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. And we also bear witness, and you know that our witness is true. I had many things to write to you, but I am not willing to write them to you with pen and ink. But I hope to see you shortly, and we shall speak face to face. 
Peace be with you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. Well, let me just kind of go over the basic situation here. Like I said, there was problems in this church situation. John was writing, John, it says, the elder to the beloved Gaius, and uh, he was writing a personal letter to Gaius, probably one of his converts, um, one of John's converts. He calls him my child in verse 4, so that would be a good indication that he was probably a convert of, of the Apostle John. The letter was to encourage him and to provoke him to love and good works, especially the good work of receiving strangers and supporting those who proclaim the truth from other regions, coming through that area to support them, take them in, help them, help them on their way. And this is something that Gaius had done, and, he was, and John was writing to encourage him to do that more and more. Certain unnamed travelers, traveling ministers, brethren, had gone out from John, going from church to church. Gaius had taken some of them in and encouraged this attitude within the church, this attitude of helping these brethren who were not uh, part of the group normally. They were strangers. But Gaius had taken them in and encouraged that kind of attitude. The problem was that there was another man, another leader in the church, Diotrephes, he was not taking this same attitude towards these strange strangers. It was uh, an attitude of sowing discord uh, because of apparent pride. This man liked the preeminence, so he didn't want anybody else coming in to take, take some of that away. So he was sowing discord, uh, putting forth false accusations against the Apostle John, and basically I think he would be an example of what the Bible uh, talks about in other places, lording it over the flock. This would be, this Diotrephes would be a man who would be one who would be an example of that type of attitude. So the situation now was that John was sending another Christian their way, Demetrius. He was probably carrying this little letter, and uh, John hoped that he would be received uh, by the church there, by the brethren. He was sure that Gaius would receive him. He didn't know how everybody else would because of this influence of this uh, Diotrephes. So he addressed the letter to Gaius and kind of sent it to him by way of this other man who was probably one of these traveling I guess you would call him evangelist. At least he was a, uh, a Christian that was traveling around those, those areas to various churches. Um, so that was the situation. John himself hoped to see him soon. There were things he wanted to talk to him about. He didn't feel like he could write it in pen and ink. He said, well, I want to talk with you face to, face to face. So that's the overall situation. So let's just kind of look, look down through here at some of the, what I consider to be the high points. Um, he says, Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. That may be an indication that this Gaius was not in the best of health. We don't know for sure, but he, he, his soul was healthy. We know that. 
And and uh, John says, I, I, you know, my prayer for you is that your 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 physical health would would match your spiritual health. Um, that your soul might prosper, that uh, that uh, you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. And then he goes on to say, when the brethren had come back to him and bore witness of his truth, that is that Gaius was living a life that was pleasing to the Lord. And the way he puts it this way, uh, his soul his soul prospered. When he says uh, your soul prospers. That's almost synonymous with what he says here in verse 3 and verse 4. That is, he was walking in the truth. You see that in verse 3. I was very glad when brethren came and bore witness to your truth. That is how you are walking in truth. And then he says it again. I have no greater joy than this to hear of my children walking in the truth. So our soul prospers as we walk in the truth. That's the, that's the only way your soul is going to prosper. And Gaius' soul was prospering because he was walking in the truth. And and one of the manifestations of that had to do with how he was treating these strangers who were coming through. Strangers who probably, you know, they may not have had a lot of things in common, but they had the one main thing in common, and that was they were Christians. And so Gaius was was taking them in, helping them on their way on the basis of the fact that they were brethren. Well, um, verse 7, for they went out for the sake of the name. Now, they're talking about these various people that had come through that area and then Gaius had helped out. They went out for the sake of of the name, these traveling Christian brethren. Why were they doing what they were doing? Well, they were doing what they were doing for the sake of the name. Though they may have been strangers in terms of uh, not ever seeing them before, yet they were not strangers in relationship to their real purpose of life. Because Gaius and these people had the same purpose for living. It was for the sake of of the name. Uh, they are part of a great company of people that were living for the Lord Jesus Christ. That if you're a Christian, that's that could be your epitaph. You live for the sake of the name. And John didn't have to name the name because every Christian knows who he means. There's no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. They, every Christian knew what uh, what he meant when he said, for the sake of the name. We see that expression a number of times in the New Testament. For example, in the book of Acts, when persecution was first coming upon the early church, we read that the apostles were brought before the Jewish council. They were flogged and told to not speak anymore. But they went out on their way, it says, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for the name. See, you did. every Christian knows when they say the name, there's only one name that fits in, in that category. In Philippians, Paul tells us that the Father has bestowed on the Son the name which is above every name. And James tells us that uh, 
certain men blaspheme the fair name by which you have been called. So that name um, was understood by every Christian. It's the, it's the same name that, that uh, um, the ACLU doesn't want you to use <laughs> in, uh, in schools or basically in public in general. And uh, Well, let's go on here. It says, They went out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. So these are characteristics. I just want to point out some characteristics here of these men that Gaius had received. And it's the basic characteristics of, of the Christian life. First of all, we go out for the sake of the name. Second, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Um, What's that mean? Well, I think here, you know, normally we think of Jew and Gentile, but I think here when we think of the Gentiles, we should basically think of those who are non-Christians, accepting nothing from those who are non-Christians. They went out for the sake of the name, but they were accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Um, They were not looking for support or help from unbelievers, basically, is what I think he, he means there. And I, I would say that we can tell quite a bit about a group or an individual by who supports them. And in this case, uh, these people were not looking for support from the world. They were looking to God to take care of them, and God was doing that through other Christians, but they were not trying to gain the support or allegiance of, of the world. Um, I think the main meaning here is that they sought to minister the gospel to the heathen, and as they sought to do that, they were taking nothing from them. Their desire was to present the gospel without a hint of gain from the unbelievers. Um, This is a mistake that's made by a lot of professing Christianity. It's, it's almost as if the church needs the world, which is, a, is never something that we should uh, give the impression of as Christians. Uh, the fact is the world needs the church to help it. The church doesn't need the world. Well, because they had gone out for the sake of the name and because they accepted nothing from the Gentiles, they are certainly worthy of help from other Christians. And I think that's the, the emphasis that John is making here. He says, therefore, we ought to support such men. In other words, because they're doing this because of God, because of Christ, and, and they're not looking for the world to help them one bit, therefore, we need to help and support and encourage men like this, which is what Gaius was doing. And there's a 
a kind of a, another motive for this, and that is that we may be fellow workers with the truth. In other words, as we help men like this, we are fellow workers with that person. Uh, we may not go out the way these men went out. Not everybody's called to go out. Gaius wasn't called to go out. He was right there. But he was a fellow worker with the, that person that had gone out for the name, for the sake of the name. And, you know, there's quite a bit in the scriptures related to that very attitude. As we help such good men as this, we are fellow workers with the truth. Uh, this might be a traveling evangelist, it might be a missionary, it might be just someone who passes through another Christian. But um, as we help them on their way, we are fellow workers with the truth. Um, we are advancing the cause of Christ that they are advancing by helping them along their way. Uh, the principle here is what was laid down in the Old Testament, that even if you're not on the front lines, if you're supporting one of those who are, you're cooperating toward the advancement of uh, God's purpose. You see that. We won't turn back to it because I know you know the account, but uh, in uh, 1 Samuel 30, verses 24 and 25, those that stayed with the baggage, they were worn out. They couldn't go on, but they stayed with the baggage. And, when it, and then when the victory was won, some of the people said, well, you didn't go, you didn't go out with us. Um, this was in a battle with uh, the Amalekites, I believe it was. Anyway, David says, no, that, is, that attitude is not right. They, they get part of the, the, um, the spoils of the victory just as much as the ones who went out. So I think that's the principle. You see it in the New Testament also where uh, uh, in, John, or in Matthew chapter 10, well, uh, I'm just going to turn to this one, Matthew chapter 10 and verse 40. where Jesus says, He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward, and he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. In other words, you, as you help this person along their way, uh, this evangelist or this prophet or whatever, he, Jesus actually says... Uh, you'll receive some of the prophet's reward just because of your being a fellow worker uh, with the truth, helping them along the way. Um, you know, a lot of times we don't view our part as very significant, but if we've done it because of a true desire to help and support and encourage a representative of Christ, we are fellow workers with the truth. So that's what he's, I think, commending Gaius for and encouraging, you know, encouraging more and more uh, of that attitude in this church situation because there was a counter 
influence. And it was uh, a very detrimental influence. This Diotrephes, who loves to be first among them. Now, if you're a Christian, your desire is that Christ would have the preeminence in everything. Well, here is one who obviously didn't know the Lord because his desire is that he, this person would be first among them. Um, and so much so that he would even challenge and um, speak out against one of the apostles, the Apostle John. He says, uh, this uh, Diotrephes does not accept what we say. For this reason, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does unjustly accusing us with wicked words. Now, this is incredible. I mean, how did this guy get in a position of authority in the church? I don't know. It's, uh, it's one of those situations where you wonder what, what was really going on. The fact is, though, there's some people that will follow someone like this. And some, apparently some were in this, in this situation. And the problem was, if you didn't follow what he was saying, he would put you out of the church. I mean, this, this was an extreme situation. Neither does he receive the brethren. He, wasn't, he wouldn't receive some of these Christians, these uh, strangers. He wouldn't receive them, and he forbids those who do so, desire to do so, and puts them out of the church. So, uh, a very uh, wrong attitude, evil attitude, by this man. So, you have these two influences, and this, this is the basic thing I'm trying to say here tonight. Our influence is going to be for good or for ill, and there were two influences in this very situation here. One of the influences had to do with Gaius, and the other had to do with this Diotrephes. And the, 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 the theme, the reason for writing, really was right here in verse 11. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God. The one who does evil has not seen God. So he's just saying, basically, this... This man, doesn't matter what position he has in the church, he hasn't seen God because uh, he's doing what is evil. And then the, the letter um, closes because he's sending another man their way. He's saying this is a good man. He's, he's, he's received a, a good testimony from everyone. From the truth itself, in other words, people uh, are saying, you know, this is one who's living Christian life, and his life matches up with the word itself. And we, that is John and other Christians, uh, acknowledge him as uh, one who's worthy of their of of their uh, support. And so he's sending this man that w their way, and he's. Um, wanting them to take him in and help him along his way. So, anyway, he closes then, and I like the way this, uh, this letter closes. I hope to, s to see you shortly. He doesn't know for sure. He hopes that that will be the case. And we shall speak face to face. 
Peace be with you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends by name. The, the church is a society of friends, as the Quakers call themselves, a society of those who show their love for one another, their friend friendship, even towards those who are strangers. We take them in as friends because of the fact that they have gone out for the sake of the name, not accepting anything from the Gentiles. So there is, I think, a real contrast with this letter uh, and the attitude uh, towards strangers compared with the, the, what was written in uh, this second epistle that John wrote, the one just up above, if you have a page like mine, because you have a situation there where um, in, in verses 10 and 11, he says this. He says, If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house and do not give him a greeting. So here's a stranger, but it's a different situation, you see. Because this is not, this is one that has not gone out for the sake of the name, not had this attitude of, of uh, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. That what they here's a stranger that um, is not bringing the truth. He's not living in the truth. And so here John says, "Do not receive him into your house. Do not give him a greeting, for the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds." Now. I think we need to be careful here. Uh, what's he What's he talking about? The greeting here, I think, has to do with a way of of uh, speaking to that person or about that person that expresses approval of their character and their work. In other words. If a person's a false teacher, a false brethren, we cannot greet that person in such a way that gives any indication that we uh, approve of their character or their work. Now, uh, what it has to do with not implying any fellowship in a Christian sense. Now, I don't think that means that kindness toward that person is excluded, where... Uh, you know, you won't look at them or greet them or anything like that, but it's the idea of greeting them in such a way that shows any kind of approval of their their uh, their false teaching. One commentator put it this way, this cannot mean that no acts of kindness in any circumstance, any circumstance were to be shown to such a person, but that there was to be nothing done which could be fairly construed as encouraging or accepting them as religious teachers. So, um, again, the criteria, are they doing what they're doing for, really for the sake of the name, which this, uh, these people that John was mentioning in Third John, the, the strangers that you should receive, uh, they were doing what they were doing for the sake of the name. These people that uh, John speaks about as, as um, not giving a greeting to um, were not those who were living for the sake of the name but for some other uh, ulterior motive. <clears throat>
And there's, there's a difference in the way we uh, address and deal with those type of people. So, anyway, um, a, little, a little letter to an individual just encouraging him as a worker of the truth to continue to walk in the truth, especially in this area of uh, how we deal with uh, brethren that are not part of our normal group. Well, let's pray. Father, we pray that uh, we would be an influence for good to those around us. And we pray, Father, that what we do, we would do for the sake of the name. And that we pray for this attitude here that this man Gaius had, uh, one who walked in the truth and uh, sought to advance the truth through helping others that were walking in the truth. We just ask for this type of an attitude. We pray that you would uh, keep us from any uh, wrong desires here in the area of seeking to be first, uh, seeking the preeminence, and uh, just pray for your, your Holy Spirit to guide and direct us as a, a group of your people, um, especially in our uh, dealings with those who are not um, part of our group normally, that we would show this kind of attitude that Gaius had here. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.